Well, so good to see you today watching online. We're just glad you joined with us today. We're going to have a wonderful time today breaking out God's Word. I love jumping into the Word of the Lord. It's so rich and so full of life, and uh, and it always encourages you when you read it. And uh, so we're glad you're with us today. We're going to have a good time. Hey, I, I ministered recently on um, a passage of Scripture. In fact, I just want to read it to you quickly. Um, it's found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13. Uh, it, it talks about how the Philistines had come, the arch enemies, enemies of Israel, it seemed like all the time, and they had come to attack Israel uh, kind of surprisingly, to kind of snuck up on them type of thing. And, and here it goes, 1 Samuel chapter 13, um, not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel. Because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews would make swords or spears. So all Israel had to go down to the Philistines to get what they needed sharpened. And so when the day of battle came, not a soldier was found with a sword. Now that's a very scary thing, isn't it? Can you imagine somebody breaking into your home or trying to harm you and there's nothing you can do about it? You have no means of protecting yourself. It's a very scary thing to be just a vulnerable person. And and this is where the the Israelites found themselves. They had no means to any way defend themselves in the day of battle. And we talked about how our battles we fight are spiritual battles. We battle in Ephesians that tells us against principalities and rulers and powers of darkness and spiritual places and and and, and how it's a spiritual fight. We're not we're not fighting against people and against things that we see, but things really we don't see many times. And and this sword represents in the Old Testament, it represents prayer. It represents the spirit of the Lord that we have access to, which fights spiritual battles for us. Prayer is a powerful thing. We also mentioned um, the story about Hannah. Remember Hannah? And she had uh, gone to Shiloh, the, the place where God's presence dwelt in that time. And she, she was desperate to have a child. Everyone else had had a child and her ship was passing by. It was, it was almost out of the harbor. And she realized that she would never have a child. And so she desired, she desired it desperately. And so she went this time to this year to God's house, but she went differently this year. She went with a desperation in her heart because she knew that the time that she was in, the season that she was in, the moment she was in was a very strategic moment and something had to happen. God needed to do something. And she literally clung to the altar and she cried out to God in anguish. She prayed desperately, so desperate was she that even the priest thought she was drunk. She appeared like she was drunk. Have you ever been so desperate for something that people around you didn't even understand? You looked almost foolish for something. Uh, they, they, they just couldn't comprehend what was going on inside of you. She was desperate for a miracle. And guess what? God gave her the miracle. God gave her the miracle. I believe God wants us to know that he answers the prayers of the desperate. He doesn't turn a blind eye. He doesn't wink. He doesn't like, oh, I don't care. You're, you're pathetic. No, God cares. He cares about your desires and your needs. And so we're going to talk just briefly uh, about that. 
But before we do, I, I got to refer back to a passage of Scripture. We've talked about, oh, from time to time, not, not so long ago, that passage in the book of Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which is you, which is me, which people that love the Lord, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, pray, and seek my face. And this is the key word. He says, I will hear from heaven. And that word hear in the Hebrew literally means to listen intently or to listen intelligently. That, that, that all of God's attention is focused on you and on this conversation that you're having with him as you're pouring out your heart to God. Uh, recently, my wife and I, we, we were having a conversation, as many couples do, and we were just talking about the future and stuff, you know, and you know how you can get these conversations. And, and, I, and I was thinking big picture. I was talking big picture. And uh, so as, as I'm talking big picture, she says, well, um, I, I think we need to do this. And she was talking like little picture, like, you know, like the next, like the, the next thing that needs to happen. I, I, I said, well, I'm not talking about little details. I'm, I, that's kind of getting in the weeds. I said, I'm talking about, you know, big, big picture here. And she goes, no, I, I want to talk about this one little step here. And I said, but this isn't that conversation. Uh, and she goes, but that's important to me. I'm like, so I turned my head. I went, whatever. You know, you should never, ever say whatever. And I said, whatever, whatever. And I kind of rolled my eyes. And I, and I said, just go ahead. I said, go ahead and just say what you want to say. And I just kind of turned and looked out the window. And there was a long pause. And I looked back and she goes, you will look at me and you will listen. <laughs> and, and I said, I, I'll just say what you want to say. She goes, listen to what I'm going to say. And have you ever been in that situation where, where someone is demanding that you give them their full attention? Well, this is the situation with God. God says, if you will humble yourselves and pray, I will hear. I, I, I am, I got all your, all my attention is on you. And I will listen. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? We forget that God really does want to listen to us. And he's listening. Even the little whisper that comes from your mouth, that's how important it is to him. I want to just talk for just a few minutes about prayer. I think prayer is a good thing we should talk about. One of the things we need to talk about before we talk about prayer is this. When when we talk about faith, we talk about we have to talk about prayer and faith coming together. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, that's how prayer works. The engine, if you would, for prayer is faith. If I were to get in a car and there's no engine, I can just sit there all day and I'm not going to go anywhere. It may look nice, but I'm not going to go anywhere. I need to have what? An engine. I need to have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, this is powerful because what it tells me is prayer is powerful because it, it is a substance. You know what? This word substance means this. Substance means an assurance. It means a confirmation. Get this. It means the deed. <laughs> I could, if I walked up to you and, and, and you had a, a car lot and, and you had a thousand cars on this car lot and I walked up to you and I said, there's a car here for me. 
well, how, how come there's a car here? For? Because I have the deed for it. And I don't know which car it is out there, but I have a deed. And here's the deed. And I, I believe in a matter of time, because I have this deed and this assurance, this substance, that what I have here is going to manifest as an answer soon. And that's what it means. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. In other words, it's the title deed. And when you pray with faith, come on now, then what you're actually doing is you're presenting the title deed, you know, to the Lord and to 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 the to to yourself, and you're reminding even the world and the, the powers of darkness, even that you have a deed, a, a promise here, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I want to give you really quickly uh, an kind of a con kind of an understanding or concept, if you would, of prayer. I, I, I got to remember that when I'm praying, I'm not wishing something to happen. Actually, as I'm praying, I'm creating something. I'm making, I, I'm, I'm, literally, I'm literally creating an opportunity for something that couldn't happen without prayer to happen. Uh, we have not because we ask not, Scripture tells us. I liken it to this. My, my wife, she is an incredible cook, and one of the things she cooks really great is an apple pie. If you've never had my wife's apple pie, uh, you just haven't lived. I'm, it's, it's like incredible. It's like, like, I don't care what grandma you have that's made apple pie. It's not as good as my wife. She'll probably not like me saying this, but I'm telling you it's an incredible apple pie. And my, when, I, when she says, what do you want you know, for Thanksgiving holidays? What do you want? I say, apple pie. And, and so she'll say, okay. And so I, I'll watch. I'll watch. And she, even though she could do this probably in her sleep, she always pulls down her famous recipe book. And she's got this best recipe book she, she uh, got in Mississippi. Now, listen, anybody who knows how to cook is from Mississippi. I'm telling you, people in Mississippi can cook. And so she's got this Mississippi cookbook. And she pulls it out, and she goes over the apple pie recipe. What does she do? That's like, that's like the Word of God. It's like you read the Word of God. You're looking at what you are going to create. And then she does what? She goes to the cupboards and she pulls out different ingredients. Here's what she does. She reads with her glasses and then she flips the glasses up in her hair. And when she does that, I know she means business, right? Now she's ready to work. She's going and she's grabbing the ingredients, pulling them out of the cupboard. What is she doing? She's taking not only the Word of God, but she's gathering the promises. Not only she's now read the Word, she's gathering the promises. And once she gets all the ingredients, she's got the apples, she's got the sugar, the flour, everything's in place, the butter. And then she puts it all in this bowl, and she starts mixing the stuff together. And, 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 and what's happening now? She, she's literally taking prayer. This is prayer. It's now you know the Word of God, you've got the promise, and you're mixing it in prayer. And after you put the prayer, you're confessing it, you're putting the prayer, you place it in the oven, right? You got it all in the pan, it's ready to be placed in the oven. And that's where your faith comes in because now it requires an element of time. It's not just instantly there's a pie, right? You, you understand that concept. Prayer is no different. It requires a sense of time. And for God to you know, create uh, uh, this answer and for things to begin to take place as we put it in God's hands, as we put it in the oven. And then what happens? After time, God works and we have the answer to prayer. We have a beautiful pie. That is the, that's the concept of prayer. And we don't understand it. 
It comes, the prayer needs time many times, right? But Daniel understood it. You read about Daniel. He prayed. He asked God, God, man, I, I need to hear from you. And he fasted for 21 days. Finally, an angel came to him and said, says to him, hey, look, buddy, I'm thankful you've been praying. But, and I'm thankful you kept on praying because I had to battle through principalities to get this answer to you. I heard you the first day you prayed. What would have happened if Daniel would have stopped praying after the third day or fifth day, tenth day? I wonder if, if, if that would have ever been answered. I mean, just keep praying. Pray and keep on praying, right? And that's prayer. Now, let me quickly, I just want to give you um, a few points on how to have effective prayer. And obviously, I got to take it out of Jesus's um, guidelines for prayer. Uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, and he says it like this. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And this, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Number one key, prayer. You got to stay focused. Verse six, go into your room, close the door. Stay focused. It's not saying that I have to go into a closet. I, I can only pray in a closet. I can only play, pray in a particular room. No, God hears you if you're praying in a crowd, if you're praying in a grocery store, if you're praying at school before the test, if you're praying, you know, in, in your bed. God hears you when you pray anytime. What God is saying, he says, shut the door. In other words, you and God are getting close. It's intimacy. It's, it's, there's no inhibitions. It's you and the Lord together. Remember Jesus on the last night of his life. He goes where? One of his favorite places to pray. The Olive Garden, the Garden of, uh, the, well, the Garden of Gethsemane, where, the, where they grew olive trees and olives. And, and he would love to go to pray there. And, and he, the Bible says that he took his disciples, he went there, and then after they all just kind of stopped and stayed there, he went a stone's throw away even further. What did he do? He went and he shut the door. He went and he got really focused with him and his father and cried out to the Lord. That's what it means. Prayer begins when you you, you get in this uh, spot where it's you and the Lord getting really focused. And, 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 and in that sense and in that place, God begins to minister to you. I, I, as a boy, I began to learn this even growing up. And I, rem I remember I lived out on a farm and, and <laughs> I had a lot of emotional situations growing up as a child because of, you know, just how young people can be. They can be very mean to each other, right? And I would come home and, you know, after a day of being made fun of or whatever, disappointments, a girl didn't like me, whatever, and, and, and having these emotions. And I would find myself taking a walk down the road in front of us. NN Highway was what it was called. No one hardly ever went down the road. And I would take these long walks. I remember at night, I bundle up many times, put my cap on, or I'd go up to the barn, or I had a place down by the creek. I had these certain places where I would go, and I'd sit in a tree or whatever, and I would just talk to God. 
just me and the Lord. And I would just talk to him. I, I, I wasn't a great prayer warrior. I wasn't some great prayer intercessor. I, but I, I knew I was hurting in my heart, and I knew I needed to talk to my father. And I, whenever I came back, I felt so much better. And I knew that God had, had hurt me. And I'm telling you, that is what it means. Shut the door and find a place to be intimate with the Lord. And then he says, number two, um, that, that we don't need to use meaningless repetition uh, and babble on like, you know, the, the, many of the religious people did. In other words, we enter into his presence by his spirit and we find out what's on God's heart. And we begin to ask ourselves, what is it that the spirit of the Lord wants to pray? You know, have you ever thought about this? That your spirit has desires that he desires to pray. There's things that he wants to intercede through you about. Instead of babbling on whatever comes to your mind that you're thinking about that's pertaining to you, maybe we should, actually we should, really focus and be, as we're praying and, and just really focusing on the Lord, God, what is it you want to say, right? And then number three, uh, that would be uh, verse 8 uh, in, in that passage. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask them. That's incredible. What, what am I saying? Limit your requests. Limit your requests. Quit spending time telling God all the things that you want Him to do. Come on now. That's not prayer. Tell Him all the, help me do this, give me that, uh, change this, bless me there, bless me here. He already knows what you need. So don't bother about telling them all the things you want. Tell them, tell, them, tell, tell them the things that you need, yes, but limit your requests. Number four, uh, verse nine, it tells us this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, hallowed means to purify, to, to cleanse from guilt, to renew the soul. So what does that tell me? That we need to praise until we enter in. Praise, hallowed. It's a, it's a word talking about praising God, glorifying the Lord, worshiping God. So when you praise, you're now positioning yourself to enter into his presence. Praise is powerful. And number five, he tells us, uh, verse 10, uh, let me read that. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, pray what's important to God. And that's a, that's, a, that's a new thought, isn't it? Instead of praying what you think you should pray about, how about praying what God wants to pray about? Get the mind of God, what's important to him, and, and ask God, God, what are you saying about this situation? What are you saying about that situation? What are you saying about this, this tension I'm having with my, my spouse? What are you saying about this uh, situation that's going on with my kid? What, 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 what are you saying? What, and, and find out, God, what does your kingdom look like here? What is it? If, if your kingdom was going to be made manifest in this situation, what would that look like? And, and get the mind of God. It tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, 
with thanksgiving, come on, that's praise, present your request to God. And here's the promise. If you will pray like that, you, you, you present your request through praise and worship, then guess what God will do? Verse 7, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's powerful. And look at this in the Lord's Prayer, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, when we pray, here's what we're trying, here's what we want. We want to get a rhema word from God. Rhema word, what is that, pastor? Well, the word word in the Greek language, which the Bible was written in the New Testament, has several different definitions. One is the logos word. The word word can mean logos word. And in the logos would be like reading the newspaper, magazine, things like just a, It's just information. But rhema word is different. It is a God-breathed word. It is a God-inspired word. It is, it is not just a sentence or a, 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 a matter of letters put together, but it's breathed upon by the breath of God. And that's what he says. He says, you know, get a word from God. Get some, Jesus said uh, he was ministering in John chapter 4. He, was very, he had been very hungry, so hungry. Disciples went into town, said, Jesus, you sit here by the well outside of town. Just rest, relax. We're going to go in town. We'll get some food. We'll be back shortly. They come back. In the meantime, before they got back, he's ministering to this lady at the well, literally introduces her to the father. And as a result, when the disciples get there, she had now become a convert, and the disciples get there with food, and Jesus says to them, I'm not really hungry. Um, my, my, I have food you don't even know of. <laughs> In fact, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I receive food when I do what God is doing. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And verse 12, look, look at this, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts. This is the last one. In other words, look to see who it is that God wants to love. Look to see who it is that God wants to love. Forgive us our debt. Well, what's a debt? Debt is something that we owe, right? Well, it's a, it's a lack of funds for a payment that's due. A debt, by Webster's definition, is that which is bound to pay to another person. Well, what is the debt we owe? What is the debt that I owe somebody else? You have the answer? You know what it is. Of course, it's love. I owe love. That's my debt. Forgive us our debts. God, I, I have not loved the way I needed to love. I have not loved you the way I needed to love you. I have not loved my neighbor the way I needed to love them. Father, I ask you to forgive me of my debt, the debt of love that I owe. Forgive me for not loving people. Forgive me for, get, get this, for, for thinking I have nothing to give them. You see, that's also part of this equation of forgive us our debts. Many times 
we don't feel we have what it takes to love someone, so we don't even try. And that, too, needs to be repented of. Jesus fed the 5,000, and they had 12 baskets left over. What was the lesson that Jesus was trying to teach the disciples? He was trying to teach them this, that you always have something to give. It may feel like it's nothing. It may look like it's insignificant. It may look like just a couple loaves of bread, a couple of fish. But no, in the hands of Jesus, in the vessel of a born-again believer, it is more than that. It is supernatural, and it's powerful. So never, ever think you have nothing to give someone. You have nothing to love someone with. You have a debt to others, and we owe that. Forgive, we should, our our words should be, God, forgive me for this lack of faith that I have to love humanity the way you've called me to love them, the way I'm supposed to love, as we have forgiven our debtors. Debtors, those who have, what is a debtor? (laughs) You know what a debtor is? Someone who has denied me a blessing, those who've denied me perhaps protection or love in my life, people that have done me wrong. This is prayer. That's what prayer is all about. And when you can walk in prayer and move into prayer with these concepts and keys, uh, it will transform your prayer life. I hope this helps you today. I know it's helped me and continues to help me. And I believe it'll be a blessing to you in the days and weeks and months to come. We sure love you, appreciate you, and I just want to take a moment and just have a word of prayer for you this morning, and um, just um, just just go to the Lord just for you, if you wouldn't mind. Would you mind bowing your head just for a moment? Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends that are watching and listening today online. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And most importantly, Lord, I thank you that you are calling us to be a people of prayer, a people, Lord, who have who have a sword in their hand in the day of battle, that we will recognize that we are not weaponless, that we have something, we have access to a very powerful weapon called prayer in this day, in this hour, which we need it most desperately. I pray, oh, Father God, that we will lift up this sword, that we will pick it up one more time, and we will begin to wield it into the heavenlies, and we will watch you do something supernatural through our lives and through our prayers. We understand. We understand it now more than we ever have, that prayer is not something that is just aimless words thrown out into the atmosphere, but it has a target. Every prayer has a target. It was prayed with focus, and we send, Lord, our words of prayer and faith to hit the targets in which, Lord, they were meant to hit. We thank you that you're dismantling principalities, powers and rulers of darkness. Lord, you're creating an awakening across our country. Yeah. You know, even the things that we have experienced, Lord, even in this this season that we've been through, it seems to me, Lord, like you're just trying to get our attention in in a special way and awaken the body of Christ to come out of our sleep and our stupor, to humble ourselves and to pray and seek your face. And so we have and we are. We thank you for loving us and for hearing us and being such a good father to us. For anyone listening this morning that, or this afternoon or wherever they're at, driving down the road, I pray, Father God, you will touch their heart. If they don't know you, that today will be the day where they cry out to you and they say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. 
And for that, we're grateful that you're here. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. God bless you. We're so glad you are watching or listening with us today. We pray you have a wonderful week. Let your sword be picked up, put it in your hand, and let's start fighting spiritual battles and watching God do something marvelous and miraculous in our lives today. God bless you, and have a great, great day.